what's going on guys welcome back to the whole nine draft podcast i'm your host josh berg joined with me again is alex alex how you doing tonight it's been a long one i'm you know i'm i'm real tired it's gonna be a, it's been a long night it's gonna continue to be a long night we've planned close to 10 episodes tonight already um this is the first one of two that we're recording and i have two midterms tomorrow that i still need to study for once we finish so yeah yeah it's uh it's, it's it's one of those days it's been a week really for at least for me i've uh had yeah. a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes alex knows the drill i'm not going to go into detail about it but it yeah. uh it's been it's been a lot but we're finally here um this will be released really where i'm at it'll be this morning but it'll be uh you know it is tomorrow friday thursday. thursday it'll be thursday's episode um thursday. and then we'll have another one on February friday 20th. so it's uh we're a little bit out of schedule but we're making it work um grinding out yep. extra hours here um so today we are doing a miami dolphins seven round mock it's a lot it's gonna be a three hour long episode pretty much and we're only going to talk about our second round pick at 56 oh boy (laughs) spoiler alert you're talking about for a second and then i looked at it and now i understand (laughs) i i love that man you guys will understand um but before we dive into the 12 pick mock where we literally have like 18 different trades we'll have to explain on how they got all these picks and we also have a scouts report um make sure you guys hit up the social media at josh burgers 611 for me at alex katzen for alex at wn draft pod for the podcast and at whole nine sports for online sports Go over to whole sports.com to look out our latest articles i'll have a mock draft out um i guess by the time you're listening to this it'll be next week um but it's going to be a two-rounder with some trades. I've got like kind of like the basis of the direction I want to go with it um, in my head, and I just got to kind of put uh, pen to paper on it and send it in. So it's going to be a cool one. I'm going to have a lot of in-depth analysis. I'm actually going to probably put analysis on all uh, 64 picks just because I feel like it, um, just because why not? So that's what I have in store. Um, I have an XFL Week 2 review article that's up. Of, oh, yeah. Go check um, that out for sure. XFL. Yeah, I, I wrote about what it's like to go to an XFL game. Yeah, you were in, um, like, row four? As a, I was in the fifth row. Fifth row. Uh, I'm a Seattle Dragons season ticket holder and lifelong fan. There you so go. So I wrote about what that was like uh, because they had their home opener last week. Um, go to an XFL game if you get the chance. Yeah, I can't. Uh, if I could ever get time off work, I would go to a Battle Hawks game for sure out here in St. Louis. Uh, they, them and the, when they, when they play, did they play Houston or D.C.? can't remember. This last week? Yeah. They played Houston. Yeah, that was, that was a good game. It was a very good game. Jordan um, Tom is a god. Yeah, he really is. That could be a XFL championship match right there between those two teams. It could but, be. Yeah, it could be. Uh, if you want to know more, go ahead and read the article. Alex always does great uh, work over there. Um, that's, that's really all I have to say at the beginning. Like said, it's really freaking late. Alex and I have done a lot of work tonight. Um, so let's uh, not waste any more time. Let's get going here. Um, all right. This week in Scouts Report, we kind of picked guys that are, I don't want to say falling underneath the radar um, in their position, but they're not getting talked about as much as they should because the depth in their position as far as, like, where they are ranked, it's super crowded. Um, Alex, you chose an interior defensive lineman out of Mizzou, where I'm from. So go ahead and talk a little bit about Jordan Elliott. I did. Uh, Jordan Elliott is someone who I... I saw a little bit of buzz about it during the season, and then it kind of all disappeared because he is an underclassman. And so then, like, you know, you had all the All-Star games happening. You had the Senior Bowl. You had the Shrine game. You had the NFLPA Bowl even. Um, 
kind of got lost in the shuffle of all that excitement um, where I think people have started kind of stopped talking about him. I really like him. I think he's probably going to be like a second-round guy for me when it's all said and done. Um, 6'4", 315, so probably more of a three technique. Um, you know, maybe a guy you can play on the inside um, in a 4-3, but probably a 3-4 end, I would say. Um, he's someone who I think is pretty average, has average length. Um, uses it well, I think, but I think sometimes he does get beat to that first punch, um, which does cause some struggles for him. Um, his motor's a little bit off and on. You know, I think we, we've seen that with a couple of the interior defensive oh, line yeah, prospects sure. in this draft where I think their conditioning needs... I don't, I don't think necessarily they're not high-effort players, but I think their conditioning needs to get better in the NFL, and I think Elliott kind of falls into that... Um, category um i like how i like the i like the moves he has though I, I he's got a really good swim move um some good counters too um more of a pass rusher from the inside uh really good footwork really um really fluid mover um doesn't look you know doesn't move like he's 315 um but yeah not someone who I think he's going to end up being more of like a 4-3 interior pass rusher maybe, um, which might limit his ceiling a little bit. But, I, you know, I still like him. I think he needs to develop in the run game a little bit. But um, definitely a very, like, high upside player, I think. I think uh, a team is going to end up banking on his traits probably, and that's where you're going to see him kind of rise up to the second round. Um, I think he's going to have a really good combine, which we'll talk about in a little, you know, in a couple episodes. We're going to have a combine preview out for you guys. For sure. So look that's out for fun. that. Yeah, definitely. That's going to be a fun one to record. Um, but but yeah, someone who I think is probably going to be a rotational pass rusher for the first uh, you know year or two while the, you kind of get him up to speed on like what you want him to do in the run game. Um, but yeah, you know, good, solid, like second, third round talent. I like him better in the second, but I could see why my, people might have him in the third also. Yeah, see, I think he's someone that uh, is going to be... I think he's going to be graded a lot higher by media scouts than where he actually goes on draft day. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. that he's someone that like I also have a second-round grade on. Um, he's going to be in that second- to third-round area for me. But I think he's someone that could fall like late round three, top around four, because the traits are there for him, but... Interior defensive line is not exactly a priority position for a lot of teams. Um, it's not really, unless you're like in desperate, unless you're looking for like a Derek Brown and Javon Kinlaw, it's not something that you're going to target in the early rounds. So I think Elliott could sure. be like kind of um, a casualty of that, where um, he could fall. But I think he's also someone that I didn't expect to declare as a redshirt junior. I thought he mm-hmm. could have gone back, but. He coming off his best season as a Mizzou Tiger this past year, um, he has he has some impressive uh, reps against the run, um, but I think he can improve. Oh, I think that's one of his um, places where he can improve a little bit more. Um, and at six four three fifteen, he moves really well for his size. Um, I think he's someone that, like you kind of touched on, he's going to be a rotational piece the first year, maybe two years, um, to kind of get his feet wet, see where his uh, development is going to be. Um, where his traits further and then you kind of plug him where you need to based on where he develops in the future yeah definitely um 
I can definitely see what you're saying. I, I do think the media is probably going to be higher on him than the NFL. Just because I feel like there are more people in the media that grade based on traits than there are teams that do so. 100%. Um, you know, there are there are a few teams out there that do value traits really highly. Um, I think you've seen, like, the Steelers value, you know, sparked up guys really highly, generally, um, just as an example. But I, I do think there's a larger contingent in the media of guys that are just, like, betting on ceiling and i think a lot of time nfl teams are like i want this high floor guy that i know is going to be a solid contributor um so i could definitely see that happening i do think too for elliot one of the things is just um i completely forgot what i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) moving on (laughs) yeah go ahead go ahead yeah pretty go ahead with yours yeah so uh unless alex will remember he might remember and we'll Oh, I I did remember. Oh, what I was look at that. I'm look so at that sorry. Um, I he's someone like you kind of touched on. You didn't really expect him to declare. Um, I think he is technically kind of raw still, even though he is a redshirt junior. And so I think that is something where, again, I think he's going to be a rotational guy, kind of like get his technique coached up. You know, see what he can do, um, and just kind of see if he can develop. Um, but. It, he is someone who, you know, a little bit of a surprising declaration. I think he could have gone, gone back, developed his technique a little bit more, you know, shown a little bit more against the run and kind of uh, upped his stock that way. But, you know, still a good player, still someone that I like. Well, and there's no denying. I mean, I watched a lot of Mizzou football being, you know, living in Missouri. And at the time right, of, of the college football season, I was planning on going to Mizzou. Um, he's hit, The impact that he made on that defense is... Um, not understated you can definitely see where where he was as a part like a big part of that defense he made an impact on the game in all phases but I felt like the run was just a little bit uh rough I think that he can be show some improvement there and uh because he's got I think the traits like you said to really be a all-around player it's just if he can kind of put it all together and uh make it work at the next level I went with um, a wide receiver because we don't talk enough about the receiver class. <laughs> no, and, of course uh, n- Never. And this is someone who some people are really high on. Some people are lower on. He's kind of been, in, like, I mean, I've seen him high as, like, uh, the sixth-rated receiver to being, you know, in the higher teens, 13, 14. Um, it really depends on who you talk to. But I went with K.J. Hamler out of uh, Penn State. And the reason why I went with Hamler is because he's just someone that's got a really interesting skill set. Um, he's 5'9", 175, super athletic and an explosive athlete that you want to get the ball to him quickly and let him get in space. He's really good run after the catch. Um, I call him kind of like lightning in a bottle because... As soon as he gets the ball, he's a big play waiting to happen anytime he touches it. And his size will limit him as far as physicality, but because of his speed, he still is pretty good at creating separation, especially if he can beat you long speed downfield. Um, Like if he gets a step on you, he's gone. Um, You don't want to give this guy space over the middle of the field because he can make you miss. He can make gain extra yards after the catches I mentioned. And I think he also can have some upside um, in the kick and punt return game. Um, I don't think he's going. He's going to be more of a 
punt return specialist and a kick return specialist. Um, but I think he's someone that you can use in that role as well and develop him to be a better kick returner if you want to because he's got that speed that you're looking for. Um, with that being said, um, his speed's going to limit him as far as if you're going to be able to play him on the outside. Um, I don't think I would play him on the outside, but I think he could. But I think his, like in the NFL, I think his size is just going to limit him too much to uh, be an outside threat. And he also doesn't have super quick feet at the line of scrimmage. If he doesn't beat you right away, he's going to be a problem at getting open, especially against these bigger, longer corners in the NFL. They're going to give him issues because they're just going to overwhelm him with strength uh, strength and size. Um, but I think he's he's a big explosive playmaker that probably is going to go round two, um, but could be pushed around three because of the deepness of the position. Yeah, definitely. Um, Hamler, to me, is someone who... I'm not really sure where to put him right now. Um, I'm kind of grappling with, you know, how much is his ceiling going to be limited by the fact that he probably is going to be a pure slot receiver in the yeah. NFL. Um, just because, like you said, he's so small. 5'9", um, 170, man. That's, you know, you don't tiny. see a lot of 5'9", 170 guys playing on the outside in the NFL generally. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I like his route running. I like... Um, you know, I do like his release. He didn't face a lot of press, so and I don't anticipate he will really in the NFL either no. because he is going to be playing out of the slot. Um, you know, but he his release is pretty good the couple times that I did see him matched up against press. Um, not a physical player like you mentioned. Nope. Um, kind of makes a couple makes a little too many body catches for my liking, but that's, fair. that's kind of a nitpick, uh, you know. Jerry Judy um, nitpick. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, you know, but definitely someone who I like. I really like him as a slot receiver. I think if you can yeah, get sure. him, I think if somehow he falls to like the third round because Deal. he is limited to being a slot receiver, like that's an incredible value for for a team. Um, I do like him in the second too. I just, with how many receivers are in this class, I feel like you know, you kind of do have to get kind of nitpicky with that sort of thing. Oh, for sure. Of just, like, you can't play this guy on the outside. He's never going to be your number one. Um, I do kind of run into that same problem with, like, a Jalen Rager or, like, a LaVisca Chenault, too. But those two guys are bigger, right? They can like, yes. You can play them on the outside if you absolutely, absolutely have to. I feel like if you have to play KJ Hamler on the outside, like, all your other receivers must be 5'6". Like pretty you're much. running Darren Sproles, Trendon Holiday, and KJ Hamler out there, pretty much as your um, three receivers. Yeah, seriously. Um, but yeah, I, he's everything you want in an NFL slot receiver. I feel like, um, but like I said, just like what is the value of that? Of just like you knowing that you're going to get a pure slot receiver. Um, but there are some teams who could you know go after that type of guy. I think you could see like the Redskins do that because they have uh, Terry McLaurin and they have. Um, which one is it? Do they have Butler or Harmon? They have Kelvin Harmon. They have Harmon. We established I always that. get them confused. <laughs> it's I'm, all right. It happens. I need to get better about that. <laughs> but they have McLaurin and they have Harmon. No. My God. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. They have Harmon. Harmon. Oh, my God. Butler is in Arizona. <laughs> yes. Okay. So they have this McLaurin and they have fun. Harmon. Um, so they do need like a pure slot guy. I think a char- the Chargers are another team that you could see. I was going to um, say the same thing. With Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, you know, they need a slot receiver that can kind of stretch the field. Um, but with their their other needs, uh, 
like more pressing needs. I don't know if they're going to go that high for a receiver, but you could see it happen. Um, but yeah, someone who definitely an interesting eval. Um, I'd recommend his film to anyone that has not watched it yet. Yeah, he's he's a fun guy, and I think one thing to note is that he's if you compare him to the other speed guys in this you know class like Rager and Ruggs, he doesn't have as high of upside because his yeah definitely his ceiling is limited because he's what did I say five nine? Is that what I said five nine? Yeah, five nine. Um, but I think that there's a place for him in the NFL. Um, like I, said, I mean, a lot of teams use these three wide receiver sets, which means they've got guys coming out of the slot. And like I said, if you can get him into space, he is a big play waiting to happen. So the big playmaking ability is there for him. It's just about whether teams will like his 5'9 and be willing to work with that. Yeah, for sure. So that's the scouts report. It was fun um <laughs> we had a lot of misspeak well, it'll be fine um yeah. it's super late kind of stumbling over our words here, that's that's is, our excuse it is late. it's late we hope you understand but hey the good thing is, is that the miami dolphins have like eight picks inside the top 70 so we don't that's really true. have to go over a lot of these players because we've either talked about them or it's pretty common knowledge um so hey that's good um so the miami dolphins have a lot of picks they have 12 they have That's 12. That's not comp picks. Yeah, and we don't even have comp picks yet. Um, those will be announced hopefully soon um, by the NFL. So we can get like I think the it is gonna be soon. updated draft order. Um, but the Dolphins tried to tank this year. Turns out they won some games. They looked pretty in, uh, enthusiastic the entire season, which I think Brian Flores has done a great job uh, in Miami. And they still might end up getting their guy at pick five instead of pick one. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's two attack of a lower. Um, and this is, you know, before the season, you know, I think you had the Dolphins being like, all right, we're going to tank, we're going to get number one, we're going to draft two, and then we're going to ride off into the sunset. And then the Dolphins ended up winning games because it turns out Brian Flores is a good coach. I think so. And um, Joe Burrow happened. So. As it turned, <laughs> uh, as crazy as good. that was. Yeah. And now, you know, and then the way that the draft falls, right? Um, Washington doesn't need a quarterback. Detroit doesn't need a quarterback. The Giants don't need a quarterback. And all of a sudden, you get two at five. And so this is kind of a dream scenario for the Dolphins. Uh, they get the guy that they've, you know, wanted this entire this entire time, by all accounts. And, um, yeah, and then they get to plan for their future. Yeah, I think, you know, there are reports um – his medical is obviously the really only concern uh, with Tua. Um, obviously, he's had the hip, and uh, I believe he had the ankle, and he's had, he's had a couple different issues. Um, yeah, he's had he's had a laundry list of injuries. Yeah, it's 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 a long list. But I think if any team would be willing to take the risk, it'd be the team that's really been linked to him since 2018, um, yeah. 2019 season. So um, that's him. I don't. I'm not going to buy into the hype that Detroit's taking a QB at three. I'm also not going to buy into the yeah. smokescreen that Miami is looking at Herbert over two at five. I just if find I find it hard to believe. But then again, I found it hard to believe that the Browns took Baker Mayfield over Sam Darnold. So again, things that's happen fair. come come draft day. Um, things can change. But as of right now, everything that we've heard, everything that we've done research on, every all accounts point to Miami taking Tua Tonga Viola at pick five i do have one thing to say though sure um 
putting Tua with his list of injuries on the same team as Ryan Fitzpatrick seems like a really good way to end up with oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick 100%. playing more games. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick is a voodoo wizard, um, and every quarterback that you put in front of him ends up dying. <laughs> so yeah, that is, that is Ryan true. Fitzpatrick will start at least two games for the Dolphins well, next year. I think that also is a perfect fit because if Miami wants to, they don't have to put Tua out there right away. Because even if the medicals do check out, you can have him sit and just make sure he's 100% healthy. You can play Fitzpatrick. Yeah, um, you can be super cautious. Because I'm, sure. I'm going to assume Josh Rosen's probably going to get traded again this offseason or cut. I just don't see him lasting in Miami. So. Yeah, definitely. Fitzpatrick could play some games, and I think Dolphins fans would be okay with that because he played pretty pretty solid for them this year. Yeah. Another guy who's coming off an injury um, – Caleb Von Chason, although it isn't a 2018 injury. He tore his ACL back in 2018, but he's the pick at pick 18. This is the extra first-round pick that the Dolphins have from the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. It's also the reason why they do not have a fourth-round pick. Um, they actually got an extra fourth-round pick, but then they traded that one to Houston for Laramie Tunsil and got back the 26th pick, which we'll talk about in a second. It's a mess. There's a whole thing. <laughs> they also got an extra fifth-round pick from the Minka trade, so... There, just, there's a whole mem- bunch happening. I don't remember which Dolphins. fifth rounder it is, though, so that'll be fun. But yeah, it's one uh, of them. It's one of them. There's too many picks. They have three picks in the fifth round. They, they have a it lot could be of any picks. of them. But Chase Caleb on? on Chase on. Yeah, Chase on. Caleb on Chase on. He's super, super, super explosive. And someone who I think fits really well on this Dolphins defense. Um, I think the Dolphins just need to add youth and they need to add talent on that defensive line. And Caleb on Chase on fits both of those very well. Um, he's only going to be 20 years old when he gets drafted, which is insane when you consider how productive he was at LSU. Um, definitely not like a super techni- technical guy at this stage, but I mean, he's only been playing football for, I think, like five years, essentially. Crazy. Um, you know, wasn't even wasn't even a football player when LSU offered him a scholarship, just was like at a camp with his friend. Um, he's a great Really good run defender, ever, too, like... actually. Um do sets the edge really well does pretty much does everything very well um you know you might have wanted to see a little bit more production obviously he did have the torn acl um got kind of shut out in a couple games where he was facing some of these better tackles in the sec but someone who i think if you want to take a home run swing with one of these picks in the first round if you're the dolphins i feel like caleb von chason is the spot to do it for sure for sure and he he's someone that you're banking on traits and you're banking on coaches being able to get him more technically sound because he is the definition of a high upside player. Um, I think he's rising a lot. Um, I think coming into the draft season, most people had him, um, you know, like the fourth edge rusher, fourth or fifth edge rusher, um, where it was like young, then a little gap, then Epinesa, then like a bigger gap. And then you kind of have these other guys. Um, Chason's su- surpassed Epinesa on most draft boards as far as where people think he's going to get taken. And I think it's because the upside is just so massive for him um, yeah, due definitely. to the age, the traits, the quickness, all of it. I think it's perfect for this defense, um, which we don't know what this front four is going to look like for Miami next year. They've got a lot of guys that are younger but really haven't panned out, and now they've got to make some contract decisions, and it's going to be interesting. Um, Miami's basically going to have like an entire roster, brand new players. I think Chason brings youth, brings excitement, and brings super high upside to the defense. 
that has got a really solid secondary piece at Xavier Howard. If you can get him a complimentary piece up front, that's scary cornerstones to build towards the future. Yeah, definitely. I think Chason has the right mentality for this Dolphins team, oh, too. You know, he's been very adamant about wanting to be known as a complete player, someone that does the little things, someone that does everything. And I feel like that fits into the culture that we saw the Dolphins install this past season with Brian Flores, who is a defensive head coach, too. So For sure. I really like this fit. Yeah, and I think, like I said, I was mentioning here is I kind of was totally talking over Alex while he was mentioning Chase on but he's if you guys ever get a chance to like look into his story he is such an interesting story to just learn about whether it's background it's it's really fun to get to know the kind of person and player that Chase on is so go ahead and check out you know any background story you can find on him it's a lot of fun to dive into yeah go back um, and find a uh, Dylan's article on Kevin oh 100 yeah Dylan did an article um really well done i know there's like lsu's done uh features for him on their website all that types of stuff it's it's he's been a complete culture changer for lsu and uh hopefully he can do the same and keep on going with miami as well um they have another first the dolphins do because that's what the miami dolphins did they traded all their solid players for first round picks and this one is from houston for laramie tunzel and they're just going to draft Laramie Tunzel's replacement at pick 26 with Josh Jones. Um, Josh Jones is a player that coming into the process as far as like coming into the Senior Bowl was kind of viewed as a late one, early two type of player, I think, by on most accounts. More on the early second round side as opposed to the late one round, uh, first round side. But he had a solid Senior Bowl week. And I think with the offensive tackles being pushed up the board, um, you know, we're seeing guys like Austin Jackson being put in round one, the rise of Mekhi Becton all of a sudden being a top 10, top 12 pick in the draft. Josh Jones is going to get pushed up boards. He's, he's, I think he's almost a lock to go round one. Um, and I think he is a really solid player. Like I said, he had a really good week in Mobile. I wouldn't be upset if my Minnesota Vikings take him in round one, um, unless a guy like Christian Fulton is there. But he's a, he's a well-rounded player that I think is another guy that's another super high upside guy um and Miami needs help pretty much everywhere on the offensive line so just find the best guy and plug him yeah definitely um I think this is kind of the same mentality as the chase on pick of just like you're trying to hit a home run and there's something to be said for you know maybe the Dolphins are going to take more like you know higher floor guys just because they want solid contributors with you know all these picks that they have um jones is someone who is super raw which is weird considering that he was a four-year starter at houston sure um you know so you know that kind of does bring into question you know what is his football iq uh in some respects but i think at the senior bowl he showed that he's a first round talent absolute i mean absolutely um you know very powerful player super super fluid mover uh really athletic in space for a tackle um, his footwork does will need some work, um, which might lead to some rough reps, especially if you're going to plug and play him because you're which the Dolphins. I think and Dolphins you would really have don't to. have any other option. Um, but I like this pick. Uh, like I said, kind of the same same mentality. We're just trying to hit home runs here. Hope that these guys work out. Hope that these guys become the players that they're capable of becoming. Um, because then all of a sudden you see the Dolphins like being a team competing for you know, conference championships in a couple of years. Yeah, and I, Miami's not a one-year fix. No matter how many picks they have in this year's draft, 
it's going to take time to develop them. Um, I think Miami's front office knows that. I think Brian Flores knows that. And I think the players coming in will understand that as well. Um, and, you know, we'll see what they do with all their cap space and free agency. They just might be big spenders and get a bunch yeah, of definitely. these veteran players, you know, like a Byron Jones or a Jadavion Clowney, and boom, they're, they could be a playoff contending team year one. But right. I think you're going to see with a lot of these players, they're going to need time to develop, um, get their almost get their feet wet in the NFL a little bit, get some uh, technique down. And then, you know, once Brady's out of the uh, AFC East, which, I mean, could be this year, um, Miami could be the team that you could look at to potentially be the replacement as, you know, the crown of the AFC East. Yep. So another round where the Dolphins have multiple Yeah, we're finally out of the first round. We're out of the first, but they have two seconds. So the first we kind of went with, a guy that we think is a top 20 player. Um, but yep. positional value, we've talked about it before with running backs, get pushed on the board. DeAndre Swift goes here at 39 um, to the Dolphins. I love this fit. They obviously traded Kenyon Drake to Arizona, um, which we don't have. Do we have the pick? I don't think we have the picks written down, but I think they no, gave No, I don't think. I don't think they got a 2020 pick for that one. No, I think they gave it. it's a they, 2021 pick. All right, so... Good job, Miami. Um, there's, there's gonna be more. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. The picks never end. They, they really don't. Oh no, you know what it was. Um, Arizona sent a fifth rounder to Miami for Josh Rosen, and then Miami and sent then Miami the same sent fifth back. rounder back for Kenyon Drake. That, that's what it was. I remember you and I were literally just talking about it, but whatever, it's fine. Yeah, it's been a long night. But Swift, I think we can agree, is the at least for me is the most well-rounded running back in the class. Um, uh, running in between tackles, getting in space, and catching the ball. Um, I think Dobbins might have a little bit more explosiveness, but I think Swift I think Swift is just a better, more polished, well-rounded uh, running back that Miami will need to take pressure off their young quarterback. Stable run game. Him behind this offensive line will scare me a little bit because when he's running at Georgia, he had a lot of uh, first-round picks or NFL-caliber tackles and interior offensive linemen in front of him you know Kinley and Wilson and uh, Thomas so him now getting behind a bunch of guys that we really don't know where their ceiling is in the NFL will kind of scare me but I think he's someone that is a top 20 talent gonna fall probably to round two Um, you could see them take him at 26 but I just don't I think he's a round two player just because of positional value but I think the Dolphins are hitting a home run here through four picks. Yeah. Like you kind of touched on, I think that this is actually very possible for them. Um, you know, even though both of us have DeAndre Swift as a top 20 player on our board, I don't necessarily know that any running backs are going to go round one. I don't think you know, so I think either. the only place that you – I think you look at round one and the only place I could really conceivably see it is Tennessee, and that's only if they don't re-sign Derrick Henry which obviously we don't know free agency hasn't started yet. doesn't start for another month. But other than that, like there's not really a whole lot of spots for a running back to be taken. You know, even like the teams that we like to meme about taking a running back, like Seattle or something, they're kind of set pretty much. Like they've done it three years in a row. They're kind of done. They've they have developed all of the guys finally. Um, yeah. Swift is my Swift is my RB one. I think this is a great value here for the dolphins. Um, it does make me a little bit sad because it means that Miles Gaskin doesn't get his opportunity to be <laughs> an RB1 for an NFL team. But, you know, he probably shouldn't be. That's that's probably fine. Um, Fair. But, yeah, Swift is 
Swift is, like you touched on, really well-rounded, um, can catch the ball out of the backfield, make people miss in open space, runs with good power. I think he pairs with Kalen Balaj pretty well. Um, they do kind of have, like, overlapping skill sets, and so, like, it's, again, a case where you don't necessarily have to, like, give Swift 100% of the workload right away um, because Balaj does do a lot of those same kind of things, just, like, at a slightly lower level. And so if you are really concerned about him behind this offensive line and, like, giving him a lot of carries and kind of wearing him down, then you can bring in Bellage and kind of have him as, as a committee for, um, you know, the first couple seasons while you get your offensive line scored away. But I think that this is – I think that all four of these first four picks could be guys that develop into, like, perennial pro bowlers. Oh, for sure. And, like, for Miami fans that are listening, that are listening my tentative pro comp right now for DeAndre Swift is prime – uh, Shady McCoy, so you're getting That's a good a, one. you're getting really good football player here. Um, and like, like I said, they can use Balage as a change of pace back to give Swift breeders, or you can use Swift that way and kind of ease him into the offensive system and use him as a guy that can really change the pace of the game. Depending on how you want to do it, um, they both can play both roles really well. That I think that having you know we've seen in the NFL having one, two, even three running backs that are capable of getting 10 to 15 carries I think is important and especially for a young running back that don't you don't want to put too much tread in his tires too early where he burns out I think that could be a good role for Swift to go in at least until he you know is put into a place where he finds his rhythm in the NFL yeah um I'm going to introduce <laughs> this pick because otherwise we're going to be here for the next hour um so this is an extra second rounder that the Dolphins have from uh, trading back in last year's draft so that the Saints could draft Eric McCoy, which worked out very well for the Saints. Vikings should have and taken him. But I know whatever. Josh thinks that this work, this trade has also now worked out very well for the Dolphins. Because oh, yeah. the pick is Kyle Duggar. Oh, yeah. The safety from Lenore Ryan. And now, as if this episode hasn't been just completely <laughs> off the rails enough... Brandon's um, gonna kill us. We're just gonna go on like a twenty minute rant about <laughs> Kyle Duggar, and then we're gonna come back down to earth and do the rest of the mock. Um, obviously, Duggar is another hyper athletic player. You know, has played running back, has played wide receiver, has played corner, has played safety, played a little bit of linebacker during Senior Bowl week. Um, super good punt returner. Uh, can kind of put him all over the field, and he'll perform. And I think you put him back there in a secondary with Xavier Howard, and that's and Rashad Jones even um, if he's not a cap casualty. Yeah, for sure. Which he might be. You know, you know, you never know. But that's that's a pretty good secondary. I you know that's a secondary that I really like. And we're going to talk about another addition to it in a sec here. But this is a pick that I really like. Um, I think this fit actually works really well. Um, obviously, we're both very high on Duggar, and so there's a lot of places where we feel like he fits really well. But I feel like Miami is one of the prime spots for him, where you can. Miami has such like a hybrid attacking defensive scheme uh, under Brian Flores, where you can kind of have Duggar play in like those multiple roles and have him kind of roam all over the field and just make plays for you. And I feel like that's really enticing to me. Um, I know Josh feels the same, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let him off the leash here now. <laughs> I love Kyle Duggar. Um, I'm pretty sure this will be the last episode of the podcast. Um, we don't. Well, no, statistically it can't be because we're recording another one. Right that is after very this before true. Hears we it. found a loophole. We're so this gonna... is the second to last episode second of the podcast. To last episode. Everyone, um, I love Kyle Duggar. Um, he was one of the guys 
when we were all going into mobile he was one like i created like a watch list um of guys that i wanted to see and he was towards the top and then you just watch him at the practices he was by far one of the biggest standouts you found him all over the field um which is exactly what you found on tape like alex mentioned super hyper athletic player that played a ton of positions all over the field and um i think if he was at clemson in the isaiah simmons role we would be talking about him a lot more than um as like a first round player but because he's from yeah, lenore sure. ryan i think you know you're gonna see him be a second or third round player but um yeah. i think the combine is going to be incredibly awesome for him because he's going to be on a bigger stage where a lot of people are going to watch him and he's going to blow it out of the water um, because you can use him in so many different ways. Like Alex mentioned, he played some corners. He's a dynamic punt returner. That He looked really good at returning punts and, uh, at uh, Mobile. He played some linebacker. He played some corner. He played some safety. You move him kind of all over the place, and he's one of the very few players in this draft that won't be scheme dependent because he can do so many different things. You can kind of use him really any way, whether it's in run support have him as a single high safety, put him in the nickel. Um, he can do everything. I love this player so much. I wish he was, you know, being talked about more as far as in draft circles and as far as like at the national media level because it seems like the draft Twitter and guys that we talk to are absolutely in love with this player. Yeah, for sure. Um, hey, Josh, how do you feel about the Dolphins training staff? Um. No comment. All right, because this next pick is another player who's dealt with a lot of injuries in college, and that's Bryce Hall. Um, By some clerical error, I'm sure, the Dolphins only have one third-round pick, so this is it. (laughs) Um, Yep. Bryce Hall is someone who I think if he didn't have all those injuries is someone that I would have a lot higher on my board. I am concerned about the injury history, though, you know. Missed a lot of this year, I want to say. It was either this year or last year that he missed a lot of games. Um, I will but, look it up and let you know. All Keep right. talking. But he is a very physical corner uh, when he is healthy. Um, he played in a pretty complex scheme at Virginia. And so you're going to, you know, he's able to play a lot of different coverage roles. Um, his anticipation is really good. He's a really high IQ player. Um very good tackler in space, uh, someone who I like and run support. Like I said, the main the main thing for him is just going to be the injuries. Um, if he can stay healthy and he can stay on the field, I think that this is an insane value. If he can't, then this might be a pick that kind of ends up going by the wayside. And so it's another one where it's kind of it's kind of a home run swing for the Dolphins, you know. And we've seen a lot of those, and that's kind of the, the philosophy we went into this draft with. And um, you know. It was either that or go for the really safe players. You know, I think if all of these guys work out, or if even most of them work out, you end up with a really, really exciting Dolphins team. But if a lot of them don't, you're kind of back to this drawing board in a few years. And I think that's the risk that you kind of run with a draft like this. But personally, I really like the way that we did this. Yeah, and I think my it was this season he missed uh, the second half of the year too, due to a uh, okay. ankle injury. Um, yeah. But I think when you have this many picks it's okay to take your home run shots because you have so many chances to get some picks right. If you miss out on your third, then you can, you know, hit, try and hit on your fifth or in Miami's case, three fifths. 
Um, so right. I think Miami going into this draft will have that mentality like, okay, Tua's got some injury problems, but if he stays healthy, he's insane. Chase on, you know, hey, he needs to be a little bit uh, trimmed as far as technique, but hey, if he we get that going, he's going to be a monster. Josh Jones, footwork is kind of 50-50, but if we can get him, you know, squared away that way, he's going to be a franchise left tackle. Um, Bryce Hall, if you can get him to stay healthy, he would be talked about again as a ra- early round two type corner, and he still is, but I think this is going to be more of where you're going to see him is late round two, early round three, um, because the injury history does push push him down the board a little bit, but I think he's an exciting player. Um, if you can get him healthy, him and his, him and Xavier Howard, I think would be, plus in this scenario with Kyle Duggar back there, that is a young, fun Can't forget about Kyle Duggar. Oh, yeah. Never. Yeah, so... Now we're going to move into the day three picks that the Dolphins have. Um, They have, like we mentioned, they have three fifths. Um, One of them is an extra fifth rounder from the Minka Fitzpatrick trade, so it's the Steelers' fifth rounder. The other one is an extra fifth rounder from the Aqib Tlaib trade, if you guys remember that one. That's the one that the Rams sent Aqib Tlaib to the Dolphins, basically said, hey, take this contract. The Dolphins were like, okay, sure. Um, And then they got a fifth round pick for it. They also have two sixths. Uh, They have an extra sixth rounder from... The Robert Quinn trade to Dallas. Um, and then they have one seventh rounder, but it's not their own seventh rounder. They have Kansas City second rounder from a trade for Jordan Lucas. And then they traded their seventh rounder to Minnesota for Danny Isadora. Thank you. So for that's taking how they got him. that yeah. That's how they got those six specific picks. Um, obviously there's gonna be comp picks involved. I think the Dolphins are right now scheduled to have somewhere around like 14 picks so two more comp yeah, I think picks in there two picks, yeah um so yeah big draft for them um we're gonna kind of we're gonna run through these last six guys a little bit quicker um just because there's six of them and we want to you know kind of keep the episode a little bit shorter for you guys so this first fifth round pick we went with michael unwenu uh he's a interior offensive lineman from michigan was michigan's right guard this year um i really like him actually i think he's a really complete like he does everything very well he's really really light on his feet in pass sets um but also plays with a lot of power in the run game um you know sustaining blocks is kind of the one thing where he's you know not the best um i think you know with a quarterback that kind of runs around you know is making Making a lot of plays outside the structure of the play, I think on when he was going to struggle a little bit. So I actually do like this fit a lot with the Dolphins with uh, with Tua in there at quarterback because I think you know you're going to see the Dolphins run a lot of West Coast concepts with Tua. Oh, hundred percent. Um, yeah, just because Tua doesn't have the strongest arm. I'm not saying he has a bad it's arm. A, it's by a any good means, arm. It's not. But you know, but he's not Josh Allen. I was going to use um, the same exact term. <laughs> yeah and so i think you're gonna see you're gonna like i said you're gonna see a lot of west coast concepts i think and i think that's gonna be good for them um i think they have the receivers to do it i think with tua you know i think tua fits best in a west coast offense also and on one who is definitely a west coast player i think he's pretty scheme specific to being a west coast offense player um uh, but i think in that scheme he's gonna perform very well and i really like this pick actually yeah, and we kind of you know talked about this when we were making the jones pick they have essentially I think four if not five starting spots on the offensive line that they're going to have to find and figure out who they want to plug in 
I think because of the system and the quarterback, Anwenu, who on most teams wouldn't be a day-one starter, I think he could be a day-one starter for Miami and actually perform pretty well um, because, like you mentioned, the scheme that they're going to want to run with Tua, um, the quarterback that they have, I think that the fit couldn't be more perfect, and he's put into a position where even though on paper, he wouldn't necessarily be a day-one starter. Like, you're not drafting him to be a day-one starter. I think he very well could be um, for the Dolphins week one. Um, yeah. Their their next fifth, we went with uh, David Woodward, uh, linebacker out of Utah State. He is a tough, physical, uh, run-stopping linebacker. Um, he is the definition of a—they call him a try-hard. Um, I think he's more—I like to use the term high-motor. Um, high effort. He's not super athletic and he's not super strong, um, but I think he's a really good tackler. Um, as far as uh, at the line, he can stuff uh, gaps really well. Open field, he comes at weird angles all the time, um, but I think with Miami, you're looking at getting players that will want to play hard for Flores um, because that's kind for of sure. the culture that he has built in Miami, at least in his first year. Woodward will fit that mold immediately, um, being a high-effort oh, player. So I think that the fit there from that aspect, I think, is something that uh, is the reason why we made this pick. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think he's going to perform really well on special teams uh, yeah, his first sure. couple of years. Um, you know, Miami runs a lot of hybrid defenses, and so, you know, even though they run a base 3-4, essentially, they do have a lot of 4-3 looks. Um, I think Woodward probably fits best as kind of a covered up weak side linebacker in a four three. So, um, you know, as far as like a scheme specific um, fit, this might be kind of a weird one. But I feel like like you were talking about as a culture fit, this is a perfect fit. Um, Someone who's going to play hard, take pride in his effort on special teams, take pride in stopping the run, playing physical. And I think that's exactly what Miami wants, like you said. For sure, for sure. Uh, their last fifth, we went with a guy who, if you follow Whole Nine Sports, you know about already, because Brandon is in love with him, and that's Josiah DeGuara, the tight end from Cincinnati. Um, this is another one where I I really like this pick. I think DeGuara is a very complete player. Again, um, I think his blocking could afford to get a little bit better, but like a lot of those guys that we saw during Senior Bowl week, he's shown the willingness to get better at it. And he's shown the effort needed to like put in the work to get better at that sort of thing. Um, his, but he's also just a, a great receiving threat too. And you know, I like Mike Gesicki. I do but, too. You know, you can probably add another weapon in that tight end room. Um, and I think Deguara is a really good one to add and a really good value here in the fifth round. Yeah, we've kind of talked about this at the tight end spot. You know, when we get into this late <clears throat> in the draft. A, not, a lot of them are not well-rounded um, as far as blocking goes. DeGuara is one of the better ones, and he's also showing that he can want and is willing to get even better at it. Um, he took some snaps at fullback at the Senior Bowl because each Senior Bowl roster got uh, a tight end to play at fullback too. Yep. So I think that I'm not saying Miami should use him that way, but if you needed to, you can. Um I think, like I said, him and uh, Gasecki will complement each other extremely well, and because uh, Gasecki is more like the vertical receiving threat, um, mm-hmm. I think, like I said, Brandon's in love with this pick. Whole nine, we're we're all on board with Deguara here. 
We would obviously, I think, have him as value a little bit more higher than the fifth, but I think this is a great spot for him to land. Yeah. Um, Alex, can I ask you a question? Yes. So we have had two offensive linemen go to Miami so far. Yes, sir. Do you want to add another one? I do. Oh, I would cool. like to add Zach Shackelford from Texas. Perfect. Um, Zach Shackelford is a center. He is not going to play anything except center. <laughs> Pretty um, much. Pure, pure center. Um, not super great lateral moving laterally, but someone who's you know pretty strong in pra- in pass protection has really good hands, gets a you know really does a good job of getting under defensive linemen's pads to kind of keep them at bay that way. Um, he's you know his footwork needs to get quicker if he's going to survive in the NFL, um, which is why we went with this pick I think because Daniel Kilgore is still on the Dolphins. Um, he hasn't been great, and so I think you could see, like, once his contract is up, maybe then you, you know, you kind of see how Shackelford has developed, and you're like, okay, maybe we're going to try him out, you know, starting at center, and we'll see how that goes. Um, someone who I watched a lot of, obviously, Big 12, right? Working the Big 12, I watched a lot of Texas. We've talked about this before. Um, he held his own pretty well against Neville Gallimore uh, in the Oklahoma game, I thought. Um, Gallimore was also lined up against the guard a lot of times though. So kind of, you know, take that as you will. Um, Texas's offensive line got beat on the interior more than they got beat on the outside. But part of that is just because they have Samuel Cosme at left tackle, who I love. Um, won't be offensive tackle one next year because Penny Sewell exists, but might be offensive tackle two. So watch out for that. Um, yeah, Shackelford is just a good solid player. I think he's a, I think he has a higher floor than some of these other guys that we've picked, and so we're kind of hedging back against the home run hits that we've home run swings we've tried to make. Well, I think you know when you're getting this late, I think especially like I've kind of touched on, if you're going to go with these high upside players that we've gone with in round one, if you're able to get someone with a little bit higher floor than their round six value, I think that that's the smart way to go. Um, like I said, he's he's a pure center. Um, he's going to take a little bit to get developed um he has a pretty strong base like i said he was able to hold his own um on a lot of reps but he's not the best mover um but again he's going to be playing center not guard um so that kind of helps him a little bit but like i said you've got kilgore on the roster you could kind of sit him let him develop polish some things up and then you know if something were to happen to kilgore you let him go you can see what you have in him and if not it was a sixth round pick and you move right, on from exactly. there. So it's it's not a big risk for them to take at all. Um, they yeah. have another six-round pick because they the do. picks just keep on coming. And I love this pick. Um, we went with Tyree Cleveland, um, the wide receiver out of Florida, um, who is a deep threat playmaker over the top. Um, that's it. That's, that, that, that's what he does. And he does it yep. really well. He's a guy that can stretch the field. Um, he apparently ran a four-four, a sub-four-four um, as a high school recruit. recruit. It'll be interesting. Um, I think he's at the combine. Um, I believe so. I, so it'll be interesting to see what he runs at the combine. Um, he's, like I said, he's he's fast, over the top. Um, he really does three or four different things. Um, he has a nine route. He runs skinny post. He goes uh, pretty much 
straight down the field, and then he, you know, he's used to get an open space on bubble screens. That's pretty much it. You get him the ball in open space, you let him do his thing, and you use him to take uh, the top off the defenses, which I think if you're looking at this Miami uh, receiving core, you could use another explosive playmaker. Um, and I also think he's got some kick return, punt return upside. So that's the reason why you would draft him in this spot would be um, to be a primary special teams playmaker. Yeah, we saw him get a lot of work as a kick return. He did. Mobile. He got a um, ton. I think that's essentially what you're going to be drafting him to do. Um, Albert Wilson could end up being a cap casualty for I the Dolphins he, here. I think he will be. And so I think in that sense, they do kind of need another you know, downfield threat. They do have Jakeem Grant, who I like because he's really fast and he's exciting to watch. But so is Cleveland. Uh, and I think you can't have, you know, you can't have enough of those guys, especially on kind of like the back half of your roster. Where well, and- Jakeem Grant has gotten injured a couple times. Um, having a guy to kind of come in and just be able to step into that role immediately will be good. Um, but Cleveland's more of a vertical dot guy down the sideline, um, whereas Jakeem Grant is more of a slot receiver. For sure. Um, obviously, Cleveland's 6'3", 205. So, you know, would kind of be a bigger slot receiver. Um, not really like a quick guy, but long speed, great. Yeah, for um, sure. So, like you said, his route tree is going to be kind of limited. I feel like because of that, like you said, you're going to be having him run a pretty limited route tree in the NFL also. And, you know, so it's going to be very situational for him. But I feel like as a kick returner here, you know, you can do worse than drafting a high caliber kick returner in the sixth round. Well, and we saw Kansas City in the Super Bowl and in their playoff run. Speed kills. Oh, yeah. Um, you for can't sure. have too many fast guys. So. Tyree Cleveland, six-round player, special teams upside. And, hey, surprise the defense once in a while and just throw him a deep ball downfield and see what happens. So, yeah, high upside. It's the sixth round, pick 177. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. We finally reached the last pick of Woo-hoo, this mock draft. We did it. We've reached pick 12 of 12. This is the Dolphins' seventh rounder. It's currently slated as the last pick in the draft. Um, Comp picks will change it. Because it is Kansas City seventh rounder. But comp picks will change that. This is not going to be Mr. Irrelevant. This is not our prediction for Mr. Irrelevant even. Um, but it is Willie Gay Jr., the linebacker out of Mississippi State. And he's someone who is another home run swing. It's another high upside pick. Um, he only played five games this year. He did have a foot injury. So again, how do you feel about the Dolphins training staff? Um, Time will tell. This but the third in those time? five games, he had 18 tackles, three and a half for loss, an interception, a forced fumble, and a touchdown. So, like, he was he was very highly productive before he got injured. Um, another just super high ceiling guy. Um, there might be a you know a little touch of character concern. He did get into a altercation with a teammate last off season. Um, so he will have to you know kind of. Explain himself to teams when they ask about that. But I think, again, seventh round, take a swing. If he works out, great. Uh, if he doesn't, it's a seventh rounder. And that was my pretty much my exact thought process. Um, he's someone that has character flags. I wouldn't necessarily call them issues. Um, it was an altercation with a teammate. Um, he's someone that's coming off the injury, was super productive till he got hurt. Um, I've seen some... You know, scouts list him as a safety. I just think he's too big. Um, 
at six two two forty. Um, but you know, you can try to use him that way um, as a seventh rounder, maybe member of a scout team, um, practice squad player, maybe um, kind of yeah, get him acclimated into the NFL system, get him more mature. Um, like I said, productive player when he played, didn't play a lot due to injury, but well, we've took what four injury injury guys for the Dolphins in uh, Something this like mock. That. So hope, are we counting Tua? Yes, I'm counting Tua. Yeah, um, so at least three. So, hey, Miami training staff, it, it's in your hands now at this point. Yeah. But, keep. yeah, it's, hey, you need uh, you need healthy players in the NFL. So, like I said, Miami training. As it training, turns out, yeah. That Miami, does, that Miami training really staff, uh, it's on you now. But yep. that's that's the mock. Uh, that took forever. But that's I also mock. think it's because Alex and I are exhausted. But, you know, hey. If you guys liked us ranting and uh, spewing over words and not figuring out the right things to say, give it a five-star review. And even if you didn't, do it anyways because we're desperate. Um, Go over and give that five-star review. Leave your comments down below if you're a Dolphins fan. Do you like the mock? Would you rather have Justin Herbert at pick five? I wouldn't, but some people are out there. Um, What other picks would you guys change? Um, Would you guys use to, you know, trade these picks to move up, move down? Um... What kind of free agents do you think the uh, team will sign that will possibly affect who we draft and when? Um, let us know in the review section when you're giving that five-star review. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at JoshBerg0611. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex Katzen. Go over to the pod page as well, um, at WNDraftPod. We're going to have a position spotlight up within the next couple days. Um, interior defensive lineman. going to be a lot of fun there, so get your interaction on Twitter. Go over to Whole9Sports.com, follow Whole9Sports at Whole9Sports, and until the next episode that we're going to be recording in literally five minutes, I'm Josh, signing out for Alex, and we will see you guys next time. Good night.